Hi everyone, my name is Mira Dedra and I'm the Talent Development Associate here at Matillion. Now we're in a hybrid world, we've built this series to help you get better connected with your fellow Matillioners, learn who they are both inside Matillion and what they do outside of work as well. But this series isn't just for Matillioners. Whether you're a partner, customer or future candidate, this is a great opportunity to get to know the people that make Matillion. Hello everyone and welcome to the Matillion Meets podcast. I'm super excited to kick off this next episode with Joe Farrar. Um, he's our community manager within our product team. Um, Joe's obviously an individual contributor and has been at Matillion for around four years. Um, you have a son, I believe, massive football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, any, bit, any more of an intro that you want to give, Joe? I've got a cat. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got a cat called George. <laughs> yeah. That's probably all you need to know <laughs> yeah. about Joe. Yeah. Um, uh, and we're going to be talking all about, obviously, um, everything to do with the community team and also what you get up to in the community outside of Matillion. Um, but before we do that, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown as to what it is that you do within the community team for those that might not know? Yeah, sure. So uh, here at Matillion, obviously, we have a really popular community. Uh, we have, you know, thousands of users. So, you know, my day to day is popping into the community, uh, moderating everything. Uh, you know, we've got a team of four of us. Uh, just making sure everything's ticking over nicely. Uh, the beauty of our community is there's a lot of user-to-user support. Uh, there's a lot of customers helping each other, which is nice. Sometimes, you know, we'll dip in and we'll help users out. Um, you know, if, if the community's not necessarily been able to answer the question or they've, they've kind of reached out to us to say, can we get like urgent help or anything like that? Um, you know, the forums is an aspect of it. Um, we have the ideas portal, which is really popular. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on that a few points during um, the podcast. And then we've got the user groups and, and lots of other things like that. So it's it's really is really popular. And um, we have a Slack updates channel as well. Uh, it's just an area where um, it can evolve. Um, a lot of people, I think, associate communities with just like a forum. But mm-hmm. I think what we've built here at Matillion is something much more powerful and, and empowering to our customers. So for those listening who might not know, what do we mean when we say community? Um, so the community is a place for anyone, internally, externally, customers, prospects, literally everyone to, to come and see what Matillion's about. Um, you know, they can speak on the forums, Ideas Portal, um, the exchange. There's all these different areas, user groups where they can collaborate and share their, you know, expertise, their use cases, their innovation. Uh, it's really powerful for me. Um, you know, I know this podcast is going out externally, so I think it's really nice that you know, some of the users that we've currently got who I'd like to thank for being part of what we've built. And obviously I'd, I'd love to welcome new users off the back of this as well. Um, you know, it's, it really is a platform um, that Matillion's created where the users can come in and literally find anything out they want about Matillion. It's, it's so powerful and it's really helpful. I love that. And so how did it all get happen with you moving into the community team? Is that, did you start at Matillion in the community team or? Yeah, so my... Previous experience was working for one of the big um, media companies. Um, So I worked for their social media and forum teams, um, mostly customer support. So customers would raise posts and would remedy the issues for them and stuff like that. Um, And then I saw the job at Matillion, I think it's four years in January, Um, came in, spoke with Nick, really liked his vision of what he wanted to create. It was something that 
that I've wanted to do because it's all about, you know, the, the goal was to empower the users and to mm -hmm. enrich people. Um, and that ticks all the boxes for me. So yes, I started not long after, thankfully. Love that. Um, and for those who might not really know what the power the community has within Matillion, can you give a bit more of a background as to like what, how the community really impacts Matillion on a day to day? So I think, um, and it's something that Nick actually said when I came for the job, He's, he said he wanted to, to kind of break that barrier down between Matillion and the customer. Uh, and as you know, a customer of other products myself, you, you don't really get that often. And I think we've been able to do that. And again, and I'll probably keep mentioning it all the time, like the empowerment and the collaboration with customers, the, you know, the ideas portal and taking that, their vision on, on, on board and kind of like, it's almost, I always say joint innovation. I think it's really, really nice, you know, and I think we're doing it really well here at Matillion. And for me to be part of that, you know, it's it's really good. There's a lot of celebration and, you know, it's just it's just great. And everything that's happened in like the last year and how Matillion's evolved with our products and stuff like that. You know, I think the community and the customers, especially through that medium, have had a massive part to play in it. Yeah, definitely. And I know you said lots has changed over the last year, but I know you we've spoken before about community page having a refresh what's new yeah so um you know we've matillion's had a big refresh in terms of new logo and everything like that and it was a great opportunity for the the community to get a bit as i always say tlc um so it's had a rebrand um you know the forums and everything it looks it looks really nice uh, the user groups have had a bit of a revamp um there's some work going on in the background coming soon we'll touch on it later i'm sure about the ideas portal um so yeah it's, it's, it's all changed but it's all really nice it looks great and if anyone's not checked it out obviously go along and take a look yeah most feedback been from our customers and the rest of the community on that yeah a lot of people like it, it is it is really smart uh with you know it's, it's almost like a natural evolution the community you, you know when you when you start something like this you may all you might always think oh how's it going to go and it's just ever since day one which i was fortunate enough to be here for it's just grown and grown and grown and thankfully you know we're scaling with that with that growth and evolving with it as well mm -hmm. and with scaling i saw on linkedin um and i know we've celebrated in the business but we've implemented our hundredth idea um can you tell us more about what the idea was and everything behind that. Yeah, so I'm quite I'm quite passionate about the ideas, Paul, because it's something that when we launched the community, I was, I was heavily involved with and still am to this day. Um, and I just think it's really nice, you know, we, we, we go out and encourage our users, our customers, you know, our prospects to, to raise an idea of what they want to see in our products. And, you know, for a hundred to get implemented, in my opinion, is massive. Like, you don't really see that elsewhere. Um, I might be being biased, but, it's just really good to see and it's and it's a credit to the customers you know to the teams here at Matillion that build out these features and sure they get released um it was the workday connector which was you know it, it was requested and it was upvoted so it, it went through the whole journey of so being someone's kind of little spark it's been upvoted and people have gained traction on it there's been explorative work done on it by the team here and now it's it's in the products which is massive yeah, so it seems like the team has a real hands-on approach with like our customers and really takes on board what they want to see and make that come to life. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's refreshing. Uh, you know, it's the first time I've been involved in in anything like this where the customers really do help shape the product. Um, it was only a couple of months ago we celebrated 32 ideas being implemented into the data, you know, the data productivity cloud. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's much more evidence than that to show that Matillion's listening to customers and they are shaping the products they use. So yeah. it's, it's brilliant. 
And do you have an idea of when you want to hit 200 ideas or oh, anytime soon? It'll be, it'll be nice. I look forward to being here for when it happens, though. It'll yeah. be massive. Well, it's a great achievement for you and the team. Um, so outside of like the community team, obviously the, the rest of the product team is always working on something exciting. Is there anything you can tell us about what's lined up in the next few months? Yeah, sure. So um, a big project I've been working on for a while now that's coming to fruition is um, a roadmap. Um, so this will be massive for us because it'll be it'll be housed on the community. Uh, it'll be available for internal and external users to see mm -hmm. what features are on the way. So it kind of plugs into what we spoke about in terms of the ideas portal. So, you know, the, the customer's going to see these ideas raised. They're going to be involved in upvoting them, sharing their use cases on them. Eventually, those ideas will make it onto the roadmap. Our users will be able to see when they're coming. Into, our internal users will be able to see as well. Um, and I the beauty of it is that is that whole journey, um, you know, and we're, we're, it's kind of, for me, I've, I've never really seen it, but again, it's empowering those customers and breaking down them barriers. And we're, we're almost putting them in the driving seat to say, you know, this is what's coming in our product, giving them the heads up. And I think it's great because it allow users to prep, you know, how they're going to integrate them into their setups and stuff like that. So it really puts them on the front foot. Um, as well as that, the documentation team are building out um, a new features page. So that's going to be updated weekly with what new features are going in. So you can see like how the two would almost plug in. Um, and it, and it's, it's going to be great because users can go there each week. They can see what's coming to the product, um, see, you know, see the documentation, the write up on it, some demos and stuff like that. So, you know, it's really, really moving in a, a great direction of, again, giving the customers exactly what they need. Um, and then lastly, you know, without, we couldn't have them to without new, new features that are coming. So I know there's a lot of work going around with DBT, um, Databricks, there's the high code support, and then there's obviously work going on with um, Redshift DPC and all the AI stuff that was announced last week, which is really nice. Yeah, exciting. Uh, and obviously buzzword, but like, you obviously just mentioned AI there. Um, and within um, Data Unlocked, we're hearing all about it. Can you give us a bit more of a run through of kind of maybe what we can expect with AI within our Matillion product? Yeah, it might sound cliche, but for me, like, I think the, the opportunities with AI are just endless. But from what I did see at Data Unlocked, I really liked the, um, the co-pilot, the um, AI documentation. I thought that was really powerful. Um, I do know that users can sign up for some AI previews um, online now. Um, I don't know if we can add the link onto this video, but <laughs> yeah, um, there's that available, which would be nice. So yeah, I think it's really great. And of course, if users want to raise any ideas relating to AI, the ideas portal is the perfect place to do so. So it sounds like there's so many exciting things coming up in our roadmap. Um, but in terms of the roadmap for the community team, where do you guys kind of envision yourselves and the community being in the next year or so? Yeah, so I think um, it just keeps growing, which is nice, um, and we keep adding to it. I'd mentioned, you know, the ideas portal, the upcoming roadmap, uh, the user groups, uh, stuff like that. So I, I can just see us adding more things that will help and support our customers. Um, you know, we're, we're always looking for inspiration from the customers. There are there are users, they're the people that get the most out of the community. But for me, it's just about seeing the growth evolving with the time. So, you know, is there a way to leverage AI and stuff like that? Um, I think it's a really exciting time for me and for our team within the community to explore all these avenues and really grow with the, the mindset of, you know, supporting our customers and giving them the best experience possible. No, I love that. Um, and I'm going to pivot slightly because I think what people might not know is not only do you work within 
our community team within Matillion, but you do lots for our community outside um, of work as well. So within the wider Manchester community. Um, and one of your initiatives that you work on is Happy Sundays. Can you tell us more a little bit about that? Yeah, so Happy Sundays just kind of happened by accident. So um, in 2015, I got a really bad knee injury playing Sunday league football. Um, I had to have a big operation and stuff. And I was effectively told I wouldn't be able to walk properly and stuff. So football was out the window for me. Um, I was pretty gutted. Fast forward to 2020 and I felt like I was in a position to at least try, um, be it maybe walking football or something like that. I just, you know, I wanted to get out and try and do something at that point. You know, I'd put quite a bit of weight on. My mental health weren't the best. My confidence was low. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just by chance, um, I was talking to a friend and he was saying, you know, he wanted to play football, but he'd never been kind of welcomed into any sort of circles to do so. Um, for his reasoning was, you know, because of his weight. Um, and I just thought to myself, well, that, well, that's not very fair. Like I've always been someone that's included people whenever I've grew up and stuff like that. Um, so I said, cool, I'll, I'll sort of kick about. And there was like six of us and we had a laugh. And then we ended up getting 10 and it was like a, a weekly thing. And I was, you know, I'd gone from being told I wouldn't walk properly again to just being able to kick a football and have a laugh. And then COVID happened. So obviously that was kind of shut down for, for the whole of the, the pandemic. And then after it, people reaching out to me and just saying, I remember you had this football thing. Um, can you set something else back up? So I set it back up and it, we had 10 again. And then it went to 20 and then it was growing and growing. I was like, it was snowballing. It was really hard <laughs> to manage. And, you know, we had to start putting things in place. So I managed to find a booking system that worked instead of people like giving me cash and me walking to a desk and throwing <laughs> all these coins at this poor lady. Um, and then just through like having a, a group chat, like on WhatsApp, people came up with, the, someone came up with the name. It got a bit of structure. And then after that, um, some friends from school, uh, two girls approached me and said, you know, we want to set up a women's session. So I was like, cool, that, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I said, you go on your own journey. You don't need me to tell you what to do, but we'll give you the equipment. If you ever need help, just just reach out. The girls session grew. And then we ended up putting on free fitness sessions in the community. And it's just, it's just carried on going. We have badminton now, organized walks. We've got a podcast. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's for me, when people approach me, so the podcast is a good example. A friend of mine who was active at the fitness and the football mm -hmm. said he'd always wanted to do one. Um, during lockdown again I bought like a microphone because I thought it was going to be one of these streamers that was going to become a millionaire <laughs> never happened Don't I said, <laughs> I've got yeah I said I've got the microphone said let's try it and um, he's he's doing really well with it now it's got quite a lot of listens on Spotify and he touches on a lot of the subjects that a lot of our participants suggest speak to people in our network network have approached us and said can I speak about that and it's it's become really powerful and you know it might sound a bit cheesy to say but it's gone from being like this sports group like in casual to a sports initiative like to like almost like a platform for people to do stuff that they might not felt that they could do and for me you know can't's not really a word um and that's something i always want to encourage others to do no, I love that. And I think, yeah, it's, I think people underestimate how daunting it can be to like put yourself out there and try something new, and especially in like a team sport. Like I even joined the gym like two months ago and I went once because I went into the gym, yeah. like saw everyone looking at me. They're all like these massive gym buffs. And I was like, I feel like I'm not meant to be here. And it can be really intimidating. So I think creating that safe space for people to just come out, have fun, enjoy themselves um, is really exciting. And yeah, something you should definitely be proud of. Um, so how long has that been going on for now? So officially 
2020. Um, and like I said, it, it kind of evolves. So we're a ve- it's similar to Matillion. We're very values ethos based. Mm-hmm. So our ethos is like inclusion for all. So we want to bring everyone together no matter what, because, we, you know, unfortunately with any sport, I think there's always a slight bit of stigma, you know, yeah. ability or, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're in the right area in some cases, uh, we welcome everyone, you know, the, no one's left out. We've got people on the spectrum, people with disabilities, visual impairments, you know, all gender identities, sexualities and stuff. Ev- everyone's welcome, everyone gets on and everyone buys into it. And I think that's why, for me, it's been a success. You know, some weeks, like last week, for example, we had over a hundred participants and they're all on the same page mm-hmm. and it's really nice. And like, what I really like and what's quite humbling is I see people refer to it as like the Happy Sundays family. And I'm seeing people that have openly told me that, you know, they were low, you know, they were struggling with the mental health. They, d- they felt like they had no friends. And I'm seeing yeah. them off to say, like the pub quiz with the group of people from the group or they're going on their own little walks. Or it's nice, you know, in, in the summer, some people were doing picnics and they were taking the kids and everything. And that's not officially through our group, but they've done this off the back. And I think if that value and that kind of can-do attitude spills into their personal life i think we're all winners basically it's nice no yeah i love that i think people forget how hard it is i think once you get past a certain age to make new friends like after a while the only place you can make friends is work or yeah if you have hobbies that's great if you don't it can be quite difficult so having that community where everyone's kind of joined for the same reasons Mm -hmm. all happy to be there and you can just hang out and have fun Yeah. yeah sounds amazing um and so since you've started Happy Sundays, obviously this is like your little baby. Yeah. Um, what are the, have been the most exciting milestones that you guys have hit together? Yeah, uh, it's, I think working at Matillion, I've become a bit of a, a data head. So like yeah. I'm con- constantly kind of looking at how many participants we have. We have like the booking system so we can kind of see that. So like last year it was over 2000 and I think we're well on course this year to smash that. Wow. In terms of milestones, like at one point, it felt like spinning plates. I was trying to do everything as long as, along with having, you know, my job here. And then, you know, I had a baby last year. Um, so we set, I put out to the chat and said, I want to set, I wanted to get structure in place. So we, I set out to have a committee. Okay. So the group's got a committee now and it, and it all runs so well. And it's, and it's credit to those people that kind of step up. It's all voluntary. We're nonprofit. Um, I think the biggest milestone for me was we were fortunate enough to get uh, national lottery funding off the community fund. And that enabled us to basically self-sustain for a year. And it also helped us grow out what we call um, take part on us. So, you know, we're in the grips of a cost cost of living crisis. And in Wivenshaw especially, there's poverty. I think there's poverty everywhere. In Wivenshaw is where I'm from, where I live and where I relate to most. There's people that are choosing between, you know, doing the things they love and putting food on the table. So we created Take Part on Us, um, which is like an honesty box approach. So if people can afford to pay for the football sessions, for example, because they're the only ones we charge for, mm-hmm. um, they can pay. But if they can't, they can just take a free slot. So okay. some people pay, some people don't. And we don't need to know, like, I, we, we really don't need to know why the people can't pay. It's, it's, it's not our business. You know, I can appreciate that there is a lot of hardship going on. Um, the fitness sessions, they're totally free and stuff like that. Again, you know, you touched on it there. Not, I'm, I'm one as well. I go to the gym and it's just daunting. Like yeah. it's, it, it's probably great doing an hour in the gym for your physical like health, but <laughs> sometimes so my mental, mental health, it's 
it's draining whereas we have really nice fitness sessions and stuff like that and everyone's supportive so the lottery that lottery grant for me was the major milestone because it meant we could open up as many take partner slots as we wanted and people can use them and that's that's been used a lot this year and whilst it's nice for me to know that those people haven't missed out it, it's also tinged with sadness that you know people are we know people are struggling and we always look to do more so we've donated gifts to the local school for um, children that wouldn't get any presents for example last year we've done stuff with the local food banks uh, we've raised money for dementia uh, uk and stuff like that. and that's a massive part of our values is partnering with other charities and stuff or local organizations to help them like litter picking and stuff like that so it's it's massive so yeah i think that's the biggest milestone for me yeah, I think it's a great achievement. You've obviously opened up so many opportunities and doors for people who might not necessarily think that this they had an option to go out and do that and attend these sessions and make new friends and have these experiences. Um, and I don't know if people, obviously people from Matillion might know this, but people listening who aren't from Matillion might not know that you are also a Matillion mental health first aider. Um, so clearly mental health um is a massive topic for you and you're clearly mm. very passionate about it do you mind me asking what why it is that you are so passionate about that topic yeah it's fine i think for a long time and this probably goes back to high school i was always quite an anxious person i'd always overthink everything it, you know I, an example i always kind of use is I, I remember being sat in a classroom once and we had a supply teacher and most of the class were being nasty to him and i remember being sat there and like being a bit sad being like yeah. i feel really sorry for this person and i had I've always kind of had that sensitive side and, you know, growing up, I always found things creeping in. So coming from, you know, predominantly working class background, I was the first member of my family to go to university, for example. Um, at the time, not many people from my school went and I almost went to university and I was like doubting myself and should I be here? And growing up now, that's imposter syndrome. I never yeah. even knew it was a thing until like two or three years ago. So I'd always had these little battles with certain things through my life, you know, anxiety, imposter syndrome. And then it was only until I started talking about it and trying to articulate it and get it out there that I understood these things. And um, I'm an advocate of speaking and, you know, we've just had International Men's Day. I was at an event last week where I was talking to a group of people and saying, you know, they were saying that not men, enough men talk. Yeah. But I, I do think it's not enough people talk, especially, the way things are at the moment. So when I saw the opportunity to do the mental health first aid, of course, um, you know, I was really keen to do it just to teach myself, you know, almost coping mechanisms and how I can help myself, but then how I can help others in triage and obviously get them the best support possible. Um, because I think the, we go to the doctor if we hurt our knee or our, our head. And then, you know, I don't think some people realise that if, if your brain or your thoughts aren't very, very good or you're struggling, mm -hmm. then you should treat it kind of with the same approach. But, you know, I've been there and not done it, um, you know, and I, now I'm different. I can speak about it openly, which is really good, yeah. really powerful for me. I think that's one of the hardest things is like plucking up the courage to go out and talk to someone about however it is you might be feeling mm -hmm. um and once you've done that i think there's a massive like weight off your shoulders yes. but it's not an easy thing to do mm -hmm. what would you what advice would you give to those people who are struggling to maybe talk to someone about how they are feeling yeah i think it's the initial first first point of reaching out i think i think that's the hardest bit and you've, you've just summed it up perfectly like it's once you start that conversation that weight's lifted 
you you feel so much better and i think you get so much more clarity and it's almost like you know i always say it's like there's a viewpoint and there's just fog all around it mm -hmm. and suddenly that fog clears and you know i've opened up to people and they've helped me put things in order and you know we've got we've got things to you know this is how we can make things go better and once the fog clears everything in my opinion gets better you know your your, your home life your work life your social life you know you can almost shift the fog i think there's like a famous video on YouTube where it's like the black dog and it follows someone around. It's quite, it's quite a powerful piece actually. And that, I think that that's kind of the best analogy that explains my case, obviously uh, in the past, like everyone's different. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think talking as hard as it may be for me is the best tonic, but everyone's different. But even if they can reach out to someone closer, even anonymous, so there's a lot of places you can do that now, which is great. Um, I think I think for me that's the best advice I yeah, can give. Definitely, that's great advice. And obviously, one of our um, values here with Matillion is we care about our people and our communities. Um, obviously, you are a living embodiment of that. You even won the We Care Award. Um, was it in twenty twenty one at Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone? to really live that value because I think people might take that one for granted a little bit and think oh yeah if you're nice and smile to people and say hello and you know you're not just outright rude yeah. you must be living that value um but how would you really like say to people this is how you can go above and beyond and really live that value to the first? yeah um see I I've, I think the start of it is what you've just said you know just letting like for example i walk into to the office every day and i always say hello to the guy or the girl on reception like yeah you know i think that's the start of it but then you could be like for example i used to do a lot of the especially during lockdown i was doing a lot of litter picking and helping clean green spaces and stuff in women's show and like now i can't get to do it as much because i've got the happy sundays i've got work i've got my son yeah but i have a litter picker in a bag and i just go up and down the road and i just think little things can grow can mean a lot to a lot of people so like you know my partner was laughing at me yesterday because where we lived is quite a few elderly people around us now so on a bin day i'm doing like four or five different people's bins now <laughs> which is cool i don't mind doing that um but it makes their days yeah so you know it kind of it helps everyone out and you know just volunteer i think i've always kind of had that side of me where I'm, if someone says oh can you help me out with this or do that I'm always happy to do it and that's something that comes from like you know my dad and my granddad like they've I've always grown up and seen that you know my dad helping out our elderly neighbours and that's rubbed off and mm -hmm. there's such a nice sense of sense of pride in helping people I think and that's why I love you know we have the volunteer days here yeah. you know I, I can't encourage people enough to kind of just to just do them like go out there and just even if it's a day of doing a bit of litter picking and putting some bin rubbish next to the bins like you've cl you've like cleaned up your neighborhood you know it's yeah it means a lot to a lot of people although people might not think it it, it does and i think if people can just take a bit of time to just do that extra little bit of just be nice and you know care then i think it goes a long way in lot the long run and then just growing it if needs be and do other stuff yeah yeah a little definitely does go a long way um Thanks so much, Joe. Like, it's actually been really nice here to hear yeah. all about your Happy Sundays and how you've really made an impact within mm. the Manchester community and obviously everything to do with um, the Matillion community and yeah. our product team as well. Um, if people want to get involved in anything to do with Happy Sundays or find out more, where can they go? Yes, yeah, so we have a website. Um, it's 
www.happysomedays.co.uk um, and then everything's kind of on there um, it might not be the best website because I built it <laughs> um, but no it's good and you know we put a lot on um, Facebook and X and stuff like that um, but yeah if people want to get involved just drop us a message and um, yeah feel free to come down amazing um, thank you again Joe You're but welcome. I'm not going to let you go before we do some fun questions okay. um, if you've watched an episode of the Matillion Meets podcast before you would know that we always do a bit of a snack battle here between a US and a UK based snack obviously as we yeah. do all have headquartered between the UK and Denver um, Manchester and Denver sorry um, so what we'll do is we're going to grab some snacks give you a bit of a taste test and then you can let us know what you think okay so in front of you, you'll see two snacks. Now, they are very different, but mm -hmm. in my head, they're also very similar. So from the UK, we've got the classic scone or scone, yeah. however you like to say it. Um, if you don't know what a scone is, it's kind of like a dry, cakey, bready, biscuity, round thing. <laughs> um, and then you traditionally put on top clotted cream and jam and you have it with tea and it's meant to be very fancy mm -hmm. um but yeah it's a british classic and then from the us we've got i actually went to a takeaway myself to collect this for you so this is very uh, uh special um we've just had a popeyes open in manchester mm -hmm. so i thought why not get one of their famous biscuits and gravy um so yeah we've got one of the biscuits there and we've got a mug full of gravy for you okay um so that yeah, one savory and one sweet, but I think biscuits and scones seem very similar. So I thought that would be a good comparison for you to try. So feel free to go ahead, have a try, and let us know what you think. Do you want me to start with any in particular? Why don't you do the scone first, okay. seeing as it's right on, on right next to you? Right. Trying to keep my modesty. Um, <laughs> that was nice, to be fair. So whoever made that, amazing. Yeah. I'm sure Hannah would be very. I've happy. not had one for a long time, by the way. So that was really nice. I mean, yeah, it was good. Was it, was it dry? Really, no, it's good. Nice. Really nice. Yeah. The cream was nice. The jam was mm -hmm. nice. That's actually my favourite cream. I sound like I'm ganging up on the US option at the moment, <laughs> which isn't the case. I've actually never tried that. So okay, but that well, was good. this is your chance. Okay. This is a Popeyes. I think they're just yeah, just a Popeye's biscuit is yeah. what they call it with gravy. Is it sad that I'm nervous to try this, by the way? No, no. I would be too. Why well, should I just dunk it like an actual biscuit? I think dunk it like a bis like a digestive I'm I'm biscuit. Oh. It's quite hard. It, it looks quite heavy duty. Is that not being enough for it? I think they mm. enjoy these in like the south of America, in the southern states, I think. I might mm. be wrong. Worse than you thought? Better? Um, I remember making bread in junior school <laughs> and it tasted like that. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> I have to go with the scone. scone I couldn't tell whether this. that was yeah. meant to be a compliment. Yeah, or... I think it's an acquired taste, that one. Yeah. But it's definitely interesting. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Is that a nice way of saying you don't like it? Yeah, I don't like okay. that one. <laughs> Sorry. What, what would yeah. you rate the scone out of 10? That's like a 9 out of 10 for nine me. Out of 10. Yeah. yeah. And biscuit and gravy? I really don't want to offend Popeyes. Um, 
They've got a lot four, more to offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah four out of ten. I pro- four out of if ten. that's a side with the meal, I'd be reluctant to get it. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> but thank you for getting it. <laughs> <laughs> so another point for the British snack. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, Jay. Um, we've got some more questions lined up, of course. The first one being, well, this is one that actually other Matillionaires have voted for. Okay. Um, they want to know, what is your ultimate meal deal choice? Now, for a bit of context for our US folks, a meal deal is something you get often in uh, British supermarkets where you get to pick like a sandwich or like a, a pasta salad or mm. what else they do, like wraps, um, a snack and a drink of your choice. And usually I'd say they're about £3.50. Oh, definitely £3.54 yeah. Yeah, £3. now with inflation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is a, it's a very British, a classic British lunch um, that you can get. So, Joe, what would be your ultimate meal deal choice? So, I tend to get the same thing every time. Yeah. And I used to get so much grief for this off my partner, but I always get <laughs> a chicken and bacon sandwich. Yeah. And I get the chicken satays with the chilli dip. Yeah. And then my drink, which has changed. I used to always get Volvic touch of fruit, uh, like flavoured water. Um, but now, because they're so expensive, I want to get the most expensive drink. So <laughs> I get like a Monster Energy or something like that, yeah. <laughs> just to just to bump up the price. But I do tend to give that give if I get a Red Bull or something, I give that to my partner because she likes it. Yeah. And then I'll just have a bottle of water anyway. So yeah, I tend to lose the drink most of the time. Well- well, because it costs so much now, you might yeah. as well make the most of it. Because I used to do that where I used to try and get the most expensive drink, which I think used to be like the Innocent Smoothies, yeah. which are like £4 on their own. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd get a triple sandwich, the ones with three yeah. sandwiches in them, and then a snack. Because to me, I thought I was really like cracking the code. To no, that's, <laughs> exa- that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> but I, because I'm a bit of a picky eater, like a, lot, like a lot of the sandwiches have stuff on I don't like. So I love tuna, but I don't like sweet corn, so I can't really get that. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of a boring one. Like yeah. I do have a friend actually who literally gets plain ham sandwich and water yeah. and then I think he just gets plain crisps. So it's I, not as quite as bad as him. I also have a friend who does that, yeah. but he gets... The plain ham sandwich, but without any mayo, any butter. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, great. Uh, you can always get to know someone through their meal deal choice, yeah. I think. Um, so the next one is something that you think is massively overrated that other people probably wouldn't agree with you on. Oh, that's a good one. Again, I get in trouble for saying this, but my partner loves like keeping up with the Kardashians and stuff like that. And, it's really not for me. You don't like but trash I, TV? Um, I can watch some of it. It's just kind of like those ones, like she watches another one called The Vanderpumps, I think, or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, Vanderpump Rules. And yeah. yeah, she's obsessed with all that kind of stuff yeah. and I, I, can't, I can't do it. I have my own guilty pleasures and stuff, but mm. yeah, those two, everyone seems to love it and I just don't get it in yeah. the slightest. I wish I, I wish I agreed with you, but <laughs> I, no. I, I love just trash TV. Like I can just watch mind-numbing TV all day. Yeah. Because oh. I think once you come home from work, all you want to do is put on the telly and just watch absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah, I can, I can see why people like it. I'm just a bit... <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of those now. I, I have my set programmes and then my set series and I don't really watch anything in between. Yeah. Um, so, but whereas, yeah, my partner, she can watch literally anything. Love that. Um, and then the last question is one we always ask everyone who comes on the podcast. If you could curate your dream festival lineup. Who would your top three headliners be? Can they be? Dead or alive. Okay, okay. So my first would be Joy Division. They're probably my favourite band. Um, 
Second. Oof. This is a really good question, by the way, because I literally listen to everything in yeah. the world. It's hard when you've got an eclectic music taste. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Joy... Because the hard thing as well is want people that I've not seen, I'd probably want to put up there. It's like, obviously, Joy Division. Um, second, I would probably say... Arctic Monkeys before the last two albums. <laughs> so if they can just play the albums I love. Uh, they were a bit of a generational one for me. It's like my first gig when I was like 18 and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and then lastly would be... Um, I'm trying to think. That's so hard with so much music I listen to. See, I, I've... I, like my favorite rapper was Eminem, and like yeah. I've, I've seen it. I'm gonna chuck Eminem in there just to mix it up a bit, so you it's not that. all Indian rock. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have Eminem. Love that. I actually quite like that lineup. Yeah. Um, would you say indie rock is probably your go-to genre? Um, literally, I go through phases. I think I'm going through a bit of a metal phase at the minute. Yeah. But like a couple of weeks ago, I was like listening to like the Libertines back to back, and then Louis Farouk just done the documentary, and and then this week I've been listening to like. It, it depends so I had a football match on Saturday and on the bus home one of the lads was playing like a lot of metal so I've been listening to a bit of that and then next week I probably listen to dance and stuff it's it's so it's so <laughs> there and everywhere. oh yeah, yeah massively I love that well thanks so much Joe it's thank you been, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you today um, and I hope everyone's enjoyed listening all about kind of what we do within our community team mm. why that's so important to Matillion um, what we've got lined up in our product team and also everything to do with happy sundays a really amazing initiative um and again remember you can check out more on the happy sundays website cool. um once again thanks again joe cheers thank you and thank you everyone for listening i hope you'll join us next time on the Mycelium meets podcast <laughs>